Hello. Hello. I don't know why I was literally just about to say ahoy hoy. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, welcome to What in the Actual Fuck. I'm Kai. And I'm Britt. Oh boy. Hang on tight, y'all, because this one is a little rough. Music, music, music. Music. Episode 8, if you guys have been along for the ride at the very beginning, I like to think our sound has gotten better. I don't know. You don't think so? <laughs> I think it's about, I mean, better than like the first episode. Right. And let's keep in mind, everyone, we're newbies to all this shit, so we're, uh, we're learning as we go. We don't have a production team. No. Eventually, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Leave a review. Follow. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to do my scene setting again. Okay, set that scene. I want you to imagine that you're asleep in bed, right? So we're going to say, like, tonight you're just asleep in bed. You're out. And out of nowhere, you hear banging on the front door. Now I'm not talking, like, knocking. Like, it literally sounds like someone is frantically attempting to get into the house. I don't like that. The banging is so intense, like I said, you fear that someone's trying to break in. You jump out of bed and you look at your clock and it's 5.30 in the morning. You call out to the person like, hey, who are you? What are you doing? What do you want? You get nothing back. But the banging is continuing and it's honestly starting to get more intense. You open up the door and you see standing in front of you a very young little girl. You're going to assume maybe like 10 years, maybe even younger. And she's covered in blood. Mm. Like covered. And as you're looking at her, you notice she's holding onto her neck like this as blood is just pouring out of her neck. Very obvious right then in the air, there, that she's unable to speak. So you bring her inside and you immediately call 911. While you're waiting, the little girl begins writing you notes. One of the notes says, the Harrises are hurt. The Harrises? The Harrises are hurt. Tell them to hurry. My neck hurts. How do you feel about this? Horrific. That is the scene that I'm setting for you because that is our episode for today. This is the incredible survival story of Crystal Surleys and the tragic murder of Katie Harris. At just 10 years old, Crystal Surleys stops one of Texas's, Texas's <laughs> most prolific serial killers at the time, Tommy Lynn Sells. And what years were these? This is going to be 1999. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. So pretty recent. Have you heard Tommy Sells? Yes. Oh, you have. I have. So you know this case. I don't know if I know the case, but I know I've heard of like serial killer Tommy Sells. Gotcha. I don't know that I know the story. When I started researching it, I did not know of Tommy Sells. I've heard the Real weird. Now that we know what's happened, we're going to talk about Katie. Her full name is Kayleen, but she liked going by Katie, Harris, and Crystal Surleys. Okay. Katie was brutally murdered when she was only 13 years old. Oh, you know what? I should have put in the beginning trigger warnings for this, you guys. This is like extreme violence against children. Child violence, all of that. Just know that, unfortunately, that's this case. Okay. Katie was a beautiful girl and extremely popular at her school. According to Life Daily, she was outgoing and had everything in the world going for her. She was an absolutely amazing young girl. Growing up, Katie did all the normal things that kids would do as they grow up. Playing outside, being with friends. She had a great future and plans to go with it. She did come from like a larger family and I think this included, like she had her parents, an older brother and a younger sister, but they don't really talk much about them. Like in all of the sources that I saw, there was really no kind of backstory on that, but I'm pretty sure at least a brother and a sister. 
She attended the Grace Community Church, and their family lived in a house that was in, like, a fairly deserted area. Almost, I'm assuming it kind of looked, like, more out in the country. You know, it's not, like, suburbia or anything. Okay. Life Daily said the family didn't get many visitors, but they never felt unsafe in their own home. We are now going to discuss Crystal Surleys, who was only 10 years old at the time someone attempted to murder her. What's sad to me about this, I mean, Crystal ends up witnessing her friend get murdered in front of her. Mm -hmm. She's then attacked. That's obviously, like, horrible. But it almost seems like her life growing up to that point was also kind of rough. Mm. Yeah. Crystal was smart, beautiful, and very sweet. About five years before the crime, so in, like, 1994, Pam and Mark, who were Crystal's parents had a really bad drug addiction. Her parents were also always in trouble with the law, and they fought nonstop. What drugs were they? They didn't say anything about the drugs that they were using. Uh, Mark, Crystal's dad, told reporters that between the ages of six and seven, Crystal essentially became the mother of the house. He said, quote, she took care of everyone, her parents and her younger sisters, end quote. Crystal was the oldest sister to two others, Amber and Mark, which... For the record, Mark is spelled so cute for a little girl. M-A-R-Q-U-E. Oh, How cute. cute is that? Mark was actually present at the time of the murder and the attack from cells. Okay. Mark remembers that Crystal always took care of her and she was the backbone to their family. Amber said Crystal did the cooking, cleaning, and cared for everyone. Crystal herself remembers that her dad would sleep for days at a time and she was only in the second grade. Well, that's usually what happens in homes with parents that it's, have severe drug addiction. Right. Like, is it one of the kids become parent parentified? Yeah, exactly. Because if not, what are you going to do? You yeah. know what I mean? Someone had to step up and Crystal did that. Crystal would change diapers, feed everyone, put them and herself into bed. She'd then wake up early, get herself ready for school. Unfortunately, she was always late, but that's given she was an adult in yeah. this family. You know what I mean? So... Mm-hmm. I'm sure most people didn't, like, fault her for that. Her clothes never matched, and she was known as a stinky kid mm, in her class. Terrible. But this never got Crystal down. Crystal just described herself as, quote, just the random girl at school, end quote. Mm. No one had really ever seen Crystal's parents or even her younger siblings. Essentially, she was a survivor from the moment she came into this world. Yeah, sounds like it. Luckily, though, Pam eventually divorced Mark and got herself clean. She ended up moving the girls from Kansas to Texas, and this was away from Mark. Mark does admit that he wouldn't quit dealing and doing drugs. Mm. This crushed Crystal, just knowing that, like, her father was choosing drugs over their family. Mark ended up going to prison for three years, and he was actually incarcerated during the horrible attack. Oh, man. Mm Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Mark said if he had not been locked up at the time, he would have, quote, killed that son of a bitch. Yeah, I bet he would have. I know we don't like discussing, like, the serial killers. We try and focus on to the victims. But I think that Cell's story is so important before he even meets Katie and Crystal. He's honestly one of the biggest pieces of shit I've ever had the displeasure of researching. Okay. I was so fucking agitated just reading all this shit about him. Like I stated before, he was one of the most prolific serial killers in Texas at this time. According to Fox 13, authorities, when they were talking with Cells over the course of nine months, was believed to have killed at least 22 people. Mm. Mm -hmm. Did he target mostly kids? He literally says, men, women, children, a lot of them were children. And that's like the fucking scary part. We're going to talk about some of these crimes. According to Jesse London, it's believed Cells began killing when he was just 15 years old. 
Wow. It started with he broke into a man's home and ended up just killing him. That's it. What did he break in for? To rob? I think he literally just liked breaking into people's homes because this almost seems a little more obvious that he does it quite often, if that makes sense. Yes. That was his first murder. It's also believed that Sells killed women and children, though he would refuse to give any information, and many of the cases are still legally unsolved. It's terrible. Between 1979 and 1999, Sells was linked to the disappearance of many people, most of which were children. Mm. Yeah. It's disgusting. So, obviously, he was in and out of jail quite a bit, but most of these things for the moment were petty theft, drugs, rape, and assault. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I talk about this in a little bit, but it's so frustrating that like, someone that's repeatedly doing these terrible things, not like, okay, petty theft, stop it, you klepto, like, yeah. stop stealing shit. Rape and assault? Hell no. There should not be a way for these people to get back out. When we talked about it last episode, Exactly. It's one of the, like, biggest crimes that you're gonna re... Yeah, you re-offend. <laughs> I am just <laughs> not here today. Brit's struggling a little bit. There was just a lot of poop and <laughs> poop and spilling drinks in the last hour. So. And... It's a lot. In 1990, during a stint in jail, Sells was, di- Sells was diagnosed with personality disorders and substance abuse. He was addicted to alcohol, opioids. How do you say Amphetamines. it? Amphetamines. That well, looks like, nothing <laughs> like the way, you guys, I've sat here for probably the last hour trying to tell myself, like, that is the word. But every time I see it, that is not how it's fucking pronounced. He also suffered from depressive disorder, psychosis, and bipolar disorder. Sells did confess to the murder of the Darren family in Ina, Illinois, on November 18th, 1987. This one's hard. This included the murder of the father, who was only 29, mm. his pregnant wife, who was only 30, and their three-year-old son. Sells claimed that the woman went into labor while he was attacking them. Oh, I'm sure. He then beat their newborn daughter to death. Oh my gosh. This Why? is the type of piece of shit that we're dealing with. Why? He, he has no reasons. He he says why. He just likes it. He mm. enjoys it. And I'll, I'll tell you what he says at the end. So in 1992, Sells was homeless. A 19-year-old sympathetic woman spotted Sells and he had like a sign that said like, I need food. Mm-hmm. So she pulled over. She offered to give him a meal and she ended up driving him back to her house. No. While she was preparing his food, he went into the kitchen, grabbed a knife, and attempted to stab her. The woman did manage to make it into her bedroom. She was trying to keep him out, but he managed to get in, to which he then raped and stabbed her 18 times and then bludgeoned her with a stool. What the hell? He was charged for the murder, but because he got a plea deal, he served five years. How is that even possible? How is that possible? And that's what I say, like, how the fuck is this possible? And instances like this, someone that is committing, like, this is now, like, what, second, third? He's, like, he's committing murders, but yeah. you get five years? That's ridiculous. That's, it's honestly scary, and the justice system needs to make sure they get their and shit together. And even more disgusting, like, someone that was trying to help you. She I'll, brought I'll you into her understand. home to give you food. And that's a warning for everyone. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Do not, I don't trust anyone nowadays. Y'all are fucked. I don't even crack my window if you have something to say. Fuck. Like, no. Absolutely. speak up, because. No, don't even, lo- don't approach me. It's not <laughs> happening. There has to be, like, a safety thing. I don't know, man. I'm like, I, uh, y'all are on your own. Don't be coming to me for help. While Sells was in jail for this, he somehow managed to begin a relationship with a woman and actually married her. And he went to live with her in 1997. While he was in jail? Yep, for well, the murder. It happens a lot. Yeah. It's fucking weird. It's 
gross. It scares me. Sorry if you've <laughs> met the love of your life while they were serving. I'm not sorry. It's fucking weird. Time. If he's in prison for rape and murder, that's fucked. You're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another murder linked to cells is the horrible tragedy of Ina and Willie. I think it's Court. Ina? I like that. I know. That's really cute. They had been found bludgeoned to death in their home. Investigators believe the Court family went to the Taney County Fair, and that's where cells had spotted them. He then broke into their home and murdered them. The family is still continuing to find justice, and the case is still open. What the hell? We are now going to get into the horrible murder of Katie and the incredible story of Crystal. This brutal crime happened on New Year's Eve, December 31st, 1999. Crystal and her younger sister, Mark, who was only seven years old at the time, were staying at Katie's house. So essentially, Pam was in the middle of moving them from Kansas to Texas. Mm -hmm. And from what I've gathered, she just wanted like Crystal and Mark to stay with Katie's family because Terry, Katie's dad, was actually helping Pam in Texas move all their shit. Okay. Or, or in Kansas, move all their shit. Uh-huh. So that's essentially kind of what I gathered. So from they're it. staying at their house. Exactly. But How ter- do they know them? I don't know. And I'm maybe honestly wondering, school? yeah, it's either maybe from school or the church that they went to, but oh. it didn't really say because unfortunately that's where cells met them. At church? At their church. Oh. Yeah. Terry, Katie's father, was actually helping Bam move and he wasn't there that fateful night. The girls were doing doing their normal girl things, mm-hmm. sleepovers, dress up, movies, just having an absolute blast with each other. Yeah. Katie and Crystal ended up going to bed in Katie's room, and that's where there were bunk beds. Mark desperately, this reminds me of me with you guys, <laughs> she desperately wanted to sleep in that room. And of course, Crystal was like, I ain't having it, you're yeah. a little sister. So Mark ended up sleeping in the spare room that was directly across from them. Aww. The girls finally fell asleep. Katie was sleeping on the bottom bunk, and then Crystal was on the top. At 3.50 in the morning, Cells broke into the house and snuck into Katie and Crystal's room. This is where what's horrible is Cells had known the Harris family. He met them at their church, and he had actually been over to their house on multiple occasions. I was going to say, how did he know how to go right to their room? And that's how he was able to navigate the Uh house when it's dark. That's disgusting yeah. you're meeting someone at church and then you're no, fucking that, breaking you in invite them into your home and they're scoping out where they're gonna do this because he admitted when breaking into the home his main reason he wanted to sexually assault katie ew yeah Ugh. cells gets into the room he puts his hand over katie's mouth and he pulls out a 12 inch bowing knife that he had brought with him he cut off katie's shorts and her underwear and began touching her Well, this resulted and Katie was like, fuck no. And she fought back. She was actually able to get up and scream. And that's when it woke up Crystal. Where are the parents? So that, well, remember Terry is helping. Well, I know her parents, but the parents that she's staying with. Right. Well, no, Terry is Katie's dad. He's helping Pam. Yeah. It says there were different like opinions in the, the resources that I saw. Some say that like Katie's mom, the older brother and the younger sister were there. Some say that, no, no, the parents weren't there at all. So it's like, well, where the fuck was Katie's mom? You well, know they're what I too mean? young to be alone. Exactly. I mean, 13, 10, and 7, and they're, like, chilling in a house by themselves? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. So I was going to bring that up because I literally couldn't find anything about it. So Katie gets up, and she's screaming, and that's when Crystal woke up. Crystal said that when she woke up to the scream, she saw a shadow-like man with long, scruffy hair and an unruly beard struggling against her friend. 
Katie fought her absolute hardest, but unfortunately cells reacted quickly. He got behind her. He cut her throat twice. Oh. And then he stabbed her 16 times as she fell to the floor. Oh my goodness. Cells had no idea that Crystal was in the top bunk. Ugh. Had no idea because like I said, he knew the family and he like he had no Did idea Crystal was staying there. No. So she remained quiet, and as Cells was leaving the room, he goes to turn off the light, and he looks, and they made eye contact. No! Yes. Dude. Can you imagine? Like, I get the biggest no. fucking chills out of this case. This oh, poor, I would have been under the blanket poor something. girl. Like, yeah. you witnessed your friend get her throat cut twice and then stabbed 16 times, and you remained quiet. Oh, I can't imagine how much that I don't know takes. how, yeah, like, I don't know how she didn't start, like, fucking crying. That's terrifying for a 10-year-old. Well, I know, too, it's fight, flight, or freeze, so... True. That's true. Uh, so, Cells, they made eye contact. Crystal told authorities that, quote, he had dark, mean eyes, end quote. Cells starts going over towards the bunk, and Ugh. she tries to literally just go to one side to, like, avoid yeah. where he's at, but it did not work, obviously. Cells attacked Crystal and tried slashing at her throat, but she was literally covering herself like this, and uh -huh. she was fighting back. Cells finally did overpower her, and he told her to move your hands. Oh, hell no. Well, she's 10 years old. You know what I mean? Like, you just witnessed the murder. Oh, I'm not blaming her, but you know, I'd be like, hell no. So, and that's what I was. Being so young, obviously terrified. She had no idea what the fuck was happening. She listened to him. In that instant, slit her throat. Mm. And I remember reading one of the resources had said when he did it, it was like nothing. Like he didn't, it didn't even like weird him out. It was just like a quick cut and then he was done. Ew. Yeah. Cells slit her throat so deeply that it sliced into her trachea and it cut her vocal cords. Mm. Crystal, like in an insane amount of pain, she's bleeding profusely. She's in terror. This 10 year old girl realized the best way that she could survive was to play dead. Huh, yeah. Crystal slumped forward and laid completely still on the floor for what seemed like hours. Smart girl. Ugh, okay. I will say I told Brittany this. This case gets me, like, very emotional. Crystal was quoted in saying, quote, I just remember laying there and the light turning off. I heard the door shut. I got onto my hands and knees, and I started crawling across the floor in the bedroom. I came across Katie. Ugh. 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 Man, it's, it's just so horrible. She was kind of making this gasping noise, mm. or maybe she was choking. But then I was trying to comfort her. I laid mm. down. Ugh. It's so emotional. I laid down next to her, rubbing her back, and that's when I realized. I couldn't talk. All I wanted to say that everything was going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. But I couldn't. And then, I mean, as soon as she stopped making those noises, I had this feeling, you know? Gotta get out of here. Get up. Come on. Go. Don't lay here. Go, end quote. Ugh. Ugh. That's terrible. And how Ugh. sweet of a little girl to want to lay there and reassure Laid her. While your throat is slit right. open, you're laying next to your friend until she passes. Ugh. Oh, God. Ooh, it makes me, like, it, truly, like, I get emotional. And that's a very rare thing for me. I do not get emotional. Crystal stood up and she left the room, but she was confused as to why Katie's parents hadn't heard the screaming. Unfortunately, like I said, some say Katie's parents weren't there. Obviously, Terry was helping Pan move. Mm. But other sources say that Katie's mom was there. She just didn't hear anything. And what about Mark? Mark the dad? No, he... Mark the little girl, her sister that was sleeping oh, in the spare still, bedroom. Oh, she's still, yeah. We're, she's we're, asleep? Yeah, she's just across oh, the man. room. 
Crystal made her way into Mark's room. She tried to wake her up, but given she couldn't speak or scream, she was unable to wake up Mark. Mm. But then out of nowhere, she feared that Cells had went and killed everyone. Like she thought yeah. her sister was dead. Ooh, it gives me the chills. This incredibly brave little girl was determined to go get everyone help. She walked out into the dark of the night, not knowing if Cells was still out there. Oh, how terrifying. Crystal saw the light in the distance, so she began walking towards it. Crystal walked a quarter of a mile to the neighbors in her pajamas, Mm -hmm. barefoot, and holding her neck, desperate to stop the bleeding. Crystal began banging on the door to hopefully wake up the neighbors, especially she couldn't speak or scream. She finally did get them to open the door, and they quickly rushed her in. Then she began writing them notes to explain that something horrible had happened to the Harris and Harris family and they needed help. Crystal wrote, and I'm going to post a couple of these notes when, yeah. we, when we post this, the Harrises are hurt, end quote. Quote, tell them to hurry, end quote. Quote, my neck hurts, end quote. And the most heartbreaking note of them all was her writing and asking, Quote, will I live? End quote. Mm. Oh, I'm sick to my stomach over that, man. It's terrible. That's it's, too young to well, have like, to even it's, deal with no, any of this. No, exactly. According to Life Daily, Life Daily, when the man opened the door, he couldn't honestly believe what he was seeing. Standing in front of him was a young girl whose throat had been slashed. They immediately called 911, and they kept Crystal inside of their house in fear that whoever had done this was still looking for her. Yeah. At 5.30 in the morning, Texas Ranger, Johnny Allen, was the first person to get a call. He was told... Sounds like the perfect name for it. Texas, Texas Ranger, Ranger Johnny. Johnny Allen. Johnny, we need you. Johnny, get your stud. Get oh. here. Oh, my God. Like the horse. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> At first, I was oh like, my God. get your stud. Isn't that what it's? Yeah, stud. Get your, get your Mustang, Stag. Johnny. Stag. That is a deer. <laughs> Bruh. We're going to go over animals later. Okay. <laughs> he was told that there had been a violent attack at the Harris's home, and they needed to hurry as there were kids involved. Upon arriving at the scene, Johnny had found Katie, who was brutally stabbed by a home invader. The house was completely covered in blood. Oh, I'm sure. This part, I... Like I said, I don't have kids. We know this. For you, I feel like this is going to be very scary. At 6 a.m., Pam woke up to the phone ringing. Mm -mm. Now, remember, she was still in Kansas. Given the time of the call, Pam instantly knew it was her daughter's. The Val Verde ER told Pam Crystal had been attacked and that they needed permission to life flight her to San Antonio. They told Pam she needed to get here quickly because Crystal was fighting for her life. All Pam knew was that Crystal's throat had been slit. When Pam arrived, Crystal was surrounded by tubes. She was on a breathing machine. Pam recalls that the only thing Crystal wanted to know in and out of consciousness was if Katie was okay. Mm. At the time, Pam just couldn't bring herself to tell her that Katie had passed. Mm. Mm. In the hospital, she was stabilized. This child is just a fucking hero. After (laughs) what? Pardon that intrusion. Intrusion. We just heard a loud bang, and I don't know, for some reason, I think because of this case, I was like, mm, someone's coming in to get the kids, let's get out there. After witnessing the brutal murder of Katie, having her throat slit, and barely making it out alive, she helped the police with the investigation. She was able to give such a good fucking description of cells that the police sketch artists put it out, and he was literally caught just a couple days later. That's awesome. How impressive is that? Like, she's still, like, hooked up to everything. And she's over here fucking, like, aiding or getting this guy. Like, that's impressive to me. And at 10 years old. Police went and they got cells. And as they were driving, 
He was quiet, and out of nowhere, he says, quote, I guess you want to know about the other murders, end quote. Oh, boy. Sells was interrogated for hours, and he described how he killed men, women, children, all in different states. He was also quoted in saying, quote, My daddy told me a long time ago, dead men tell no tales, and I remember that to this day, end quote. So essentially saying... Yeah, you gotta kill somebody so they can't tell Right, like, ew. God, I hate him. Crystal quickly picked Sells' face out of a photo lineup. According to crimeandcoffeecouple.com... Oh. Yeah, interesting one. I haven't used that yet. (laughs) Sells stated, quote, I'm glad I finally got caught. I was just tired of doing this, end quote. Sells... piece of shit. Sells confessed to the police, and then he even went as far as to walk them through the crime scene. He said he came in through the window. He saw Mark sleeping in the spare room. Oh, thank goodness he didn't hurt her. he was on a mission to find Katie. Yeah. Saw her, but Katie was like his main target. Right. That's the one that he wanted. Exactly. The knife was found by investigators and was discarded in a bush behind Sells' home. Stupid. Fucking moron. This next part... I will let you make the judgment. I don't know how I feel about this. Okay. Pam said Texas Rangers suggested that she herself goes through the crime scene to see with her own eyes what happened. Pam? The mom. Why? Apparently they felt this could help. Apparently they felt this could allow Pam to better help Crystal through her recovery. As Pam walked through the house, she felt as though her legs were going to give out seeing her daughter's blood streaked throughout the entire house. Yeah, um, that's just adding more trauma for her. I mean, it's already traumatic enough that your daughter was hurt. You weren't right. there. You had to come. She almost died. And then you want her to walk through the scene? Why? She I've can't never provide, heard and that. And it's not her home. And also... So it's not like she could tell them, like, oh, this is out of place, or you must have come through that. It's yeah. not her house. And it doesn't make sense to me. Like, how is that going to help in the recovery? You're just witnessing the blood, like the blood all over the walls, the fucking floor. But like, that's going to help you help your child recover. That's not. To me, it just puts more on Pam, like more for her to have to cope with later. I figured you could have a better idea as to be like, oh, yes, as a mother, I would, you know, want to do that or some shit. I I personally might, but I don't don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. Mark. I would want to, I feel like I would want to feel what my kid had to feel. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. But I don't think, I don't see where it's productive for the investigation. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I've just never heard of like police doing that. That's weird. Mark, who did not know what had actually happened, also recalls that day. Mark said she woke up and she saw the sun coming through the window. She then noticed a woman that she didn't recognize standing in the room. The woman handed her shorts and a tank top and said they needed to leave. As they left the room, Mark noticed a stream of blood about five steps away from the door. She also saw blood streaks all over the wall as if someone was stumbling down the entire hallway. Mm. The blood continued outside, going down the front steps and out into the street. Mark also recalls that everybody was frantic and crying. Crystal remembers the first time that she saw her neck. She was walking the hallways of the hospital and she was like attached to her little IV pole. She bent down to like get a drink into the fountain and like saw it. I could see it, yeah. She wanted a better look, so she asked her mom to get her a mirror, and she did. Crystal only cried for just a little bit, but she knew things would get better. People also tried to tell Crystal that she helped catch a vicious killer, but Crystal said she didn't feel brave, just lucky. Crystal went on to testify at the trial. Good for her. According to, oh, this little girl is a fucking boss. Well, obviously, she's a grown woman now, but she's a beast. 
According to crimeandcoffeecouple.com, <laughs> Crystal remembers waking up on that day and saying to herself, quote, I can do this. I can do this. End quote. She asked her mother not to cry during her testimony because she didn't want it to distract her. Oh, that's that's so hard. This little girl, like, she just blows my mind. Yeah. She blows my mind. And her mom, Pam, she didn't. She respected Good. Crystal's wishes. How you would choke that down listening to your child recall such a fucking terror? I think it would just be a, <sighs> like a pride thing. Like, I'm so mm. proud that she's able to sit up there and do that. Right. I don't know if I could not cry, but mm. I sure would try for what she's going through. Upon entering the courtroom, Crystal was given the option to not walk past cells. She either had to, like, walk past him to get to where she was going, or they told her, like, we can go in through another door so you don't have to. Crystal said, quote, I want to walk by him. I'm not scared of him, end quote. Crystal told the jury, quote, he had his hand over her mouth, talking about Katie. Mm -hmm. She was struggling, but she told me with her eyes to stay there and not move, so I didn't. He took the mm. knife and slit her throat, and she just fell, end quote. She also then obviously, like, showed the jury, like, her fucking neck. Mm -hmm. What I found to be, I feel like we never get this because we're always like, you know, why are the investigators doing this? Or why the fuck is the prosecutor saying this? Or we get, like, annoyed by it. I found it amazing that the defense attorney didn't cross-examine Crystal at all. He simply said to her, quote, you're a brave one, young woman. Thank you. No more questions, end quote. Oh, that's like awesome. His, his yeah. fucking defense attorney was like, I ain't doing this shit. Bye. His Get defense this piece attorney of wasn't Kylie. Oh, yeah, it's me. Like, uh-uh. <coughs> no more questions. Fuck off. Like, I can't. After an hour of deliberation, Sells was an found... An hour. An hour. Sells was found guilty of capital murder, but... They wanted more. They were like, oh, no, we're going to push even harder. Good. So after a few more hours of deliberation, the jury sentenced him to death. During his time on death rows, Sells confessed to many crimes, including the murder of a 10-year-old boy named Joel Harper, mm. whose mother was fighting for her freedom because she had been sent to jail for the crime. Oh, my god! They thought she did it. So she was Could in jail. Could you imagine? Bruh. If you're I telling me I killed my little boy... I would hulk the fuck out. I can't think of anything worse than being accused. I, I get upset if somebody said, like, I shouldn't have said something right. to my kid. Like, let uh, alone being accused of murdering terrible him. terrible is That's that? That's disgusting. Thankfully, she was freed. She was able to go. But, like, still, ooh, I'm coming after all y'all motherfuckers. Sells also pled guilty. I had a small <laughs> seizure, but I'm okay. Sells also pled Oh, my God. I'm having a stroke. It's okay. Pled guilty to strangle strangling fucking Christ. <laughs> Do you want me to take over? Kai's going to take a break real quick. I was just having Let me like take a, a drink. Case. You're I'm okay. Hmm. Let's do this. I'm, like, determined to read this sentence. Cells <laughs> also pled guilty to strangling a nine-year-old little girl named Mary Beatrice Perez. In 1999. Oh. What's wrong with you? This guy's fucked up. It's honestly, it's the worst of the worst because he's mainly targeting innocent children. Yeah, little kids. Many feel that Sells was able to get away with so much because he was a drifter and he of yep. often traveled with a carnival. Like, fucking carny? Like, what? It's hard to catch someone when they're constantly moving from place to right. place. Because it's not like they have any ties. Ugh. Sells admitted that he found a Russian ending people's lives, and it was just too exciting to give up. 
He also said, I have no regrets. Ew. On April 3rd, 2014, Sells was executed by lethal injection at the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville. The Harrises, the Perez family, and Crystal all attended. Wow. Sells declined to make a statement before the injection. How old was she at the time of the injection? So if that was 2014... Does it the, happened in 1999? Yeah. And she was 10 at the time. How you do that <laughs> you math on my Kylie fingers? And I do math? 99. Guys, I fully admit to anyone, math ain't a strong suit for your girl. Hold it's on rough. now. Hold on now. She'd be like 20-something, I think. she was 10 when it happened in 1999, right? 25. Uh, he declined to make a statement, but honestly, who the fuck cares what that piece of shit had to fucking say? Not me. Katie's father, Terry, said the execution was, quote, way more gentle than he gave out, end quote. Crystal, on the other hand, had an extremely hard time with all of this because she wasn't the type of person to feel good about something bad. Sure. You know what I mean? So, like, that just tells you everything you need to know about her. She literally didn't get anything out of, like, seeing that guy die. Right. She felt bad. I, myself, would be like, can I give the injection? I, I feel like I'd, <clears throat> I would have a hard time. It's terrible. Crystal said after the trial, her mom and her sisters, they all slept in the same bed for a few years. Crystal would lie awake at 5 a.m. with her eyes wide open, constantly running through game plans. And she was explaining that if anyone were to try and break in, they would have an escape route. She would constantly check her family throughout the night to reassure herself that they were still alive and breathing. That is terrible. Though Crystal's relationship with her father was strained... Since he had been in jail for three years and she was upset that he had chosen the drugs. He believes what happened to Crystal was a, quote, wake-up call. (laughs) Wake-up call. (laughs) A wake-up call. This is way past. Wake-up call. All right. End quote. Their relationship grew and Mark gained back Crystal's trust. Mark thinks that Crystal struggles with the fact that Katie is still dead and there's nothing that can change that. Crystal is an absolute survivor. Before this horrible crime and even after, she's now fully recovered and she's living her life to the fullest. This is some crazy shit that I just found. I had to include it. In November of 2016, so this is nearly 17 uh, 17 years after the attack from cells, Alvin Willie George began sending images of the crime scene to Crystal and her sisters. What? Why? George didn't know Crystal or their family. He simply researched the murder, and then he was using multiple Facebook accounts to send harassing messages, as well as threatening to rape and kill them. He wrote messages such as, quote, how did it feel to watch your friend get murdered and your throat slit, end quote. He had no motive. What the fuck? Why? He had no motive. The guy's a fucking psycho. What's wrong with people? Mm -hmm. A federal judge was like, oh, nah, nah, sir. He sentenced George to more than four years in prison for cyberstalking. Good. George pled guilty, and when he was released, he's going to be on three years of supervised release. I don't know if that's like probation. I have no idea. Honestly, if he's doing that, he might need to stay in jail. You gonna do some weird shit, George. To end, here's a quote from this amazingly brave, strong, and courageous woman. Crystal said, quote, I don't ever think about Tommy Lynn Sells. I don't ever give him the time of day. It makes me really thankful. That's what he did. He didn't ever bring me down at all. These are happy tears, and I'm just glad to be here. End quote. Wow. And that, my friends, is the horrible murder of Katie Harris and just 
Incredible doesn't even describe it. No, but the she's Incredible phenomenal. Sur- right, the survival story of Crystal Surleys. This case really like just fucking astounded me. Yeah. Not only that, like someone of his taught like kind mm. was able to do this shit to so many different families all over the states mm-hmm. and continue doing it even though he had gotten caught multiple times for her to like come through that trauma and come out on top and be stronger for it is just mind-blowing mm. Ugh, i just can't even imagine all the hard work she's had to do to get past that no. i mean watching your friend die in front of you Ugh. being hurt in that way yep and that's, like, one of those things, like, hurt. every day, no matter yeah. what, brushing your teeth, if you look at yourself, you're going to be reminded. Mm. It's terrible. But, like, her quote, like, I don't fucking think of him. I don't yeah. give him a second fucking thought. That's Fuck amazing. you, Tommy. You piece of shit. I hope you're burning in hell. I just don't get it. I don't... What makes someone want to do that? It's insane to me. He literally said... And he... He, he just likes when, it. I was watching, like, a couple, like, interviews and shit with him. Uh-huh. And, like, records or shit. Homeboy was just chill. He's like, oh, I don't regret it. Ew. Yeah, man. It's fucked. I hope you enjoyed that case. Crystal, should you ever come across this, you are Ew. absolutely incredible. What? He is horrendous. Nope. That guy looks like oh, a... Oh, man. Butthole. I would be furious. He looks like a hairy butthole. He's disgusting. <laughs> oh, Lord. Full source notes will obviously be included when we post it and shit like that, but... Really good job. Really disturbing case. Man. Horrible person. Got what he deserved. Oh, hell, oh he got... Mm-mm. Almost like Terry said, like, he... Got off easy for what he fucking did to people. He beat a newborn baby. That's disgusting. Like what out of the ever? womb. Like it came out of the I womb and it. he beat it. That's terrifying. That's honestly terrifying to think that people like that are in the world. Oh yeah. Ooh. Wow. Well, friends, until next time, Britt, you have the next case. I do. Do you already know what it is? I'm not dropping no hint. Oh, lame. At least I give you guys hints. I put did I? I put a hit on my last one. Did you? Yeah. Oh yeah, you did. I put the bathroom. Oh yeah, you did. Mhm. Mhm. Don't say I never gave you nothing. True. True. We're all friends. Well, stay tuned. We'll keep posting, but we shall release this here soon. Oh, uh, and if you ever want to give us case suggestions, mm-hmm. and you don't have Instagram, we also have an email. Correct. It's w i t a f with b and k. True. Yeah, so Shoot you can us email us. Shit. Or you can talk to us on Instagram. I think those are the only media platforms we have right now. For the most part. Yeah. I'm considering a TikTok, but I just think that would take over my whole life. And I'm just not about that life. Um, no. I do a lot of the social media <laughs> I got really excited today, though. <laughs> Kylie always has to do the social media, but I do a lot of the other stuff. True. Very, very true. But... I got excited because I was like, I'm going to post a story, and she was still sleeping. So it was, like, super early in the morning, and, like, Instagram showed me this thing. She freaking barges into my room, and it was like, Carly, look at these reels. I was like, get those fuck out. I went in, and I said, what's a reel? Because I'm about to post it, and it's hilarious. And then she made fun of me when she woke up and was was like, Brittany. It was funny. You didn't even put anything on there. I'm like... 
Yeah, she just posted. She didn't like write anything about it. Don't worry, your girl took over. It didn't and I tell saved, me where to write anything. I saved the day. Whatever. There's your reels. If you're wondering who's posting stuff, it's Kylie. Oh lord. Unless you see like a really just plain black, very generic text, one. Yes. It's me. Yep, that's Brit. <laughs> Other than that, it's me. I don't got time to be fancy. Nope. All right, friends. We're out. Bye. Bye.